You are listening to Australia's tax news podcast, Tax Talks, the podcast for Australian tax professionals. Welcome to episode 56 of Tax Talks. This is Heide Robson. Today's topic is the declaration or acknowledgement of trust in an SMSF. And today's episode is quite different because today, for the first time in Tax Talks' very short life, it is just me. And <laughs> I hope you will be all right with just me. I wanted to talk to you about the declaration or acknowledgement of trust because it is something you actually deal with every time you look or work on an SMSF. And the reason it is there is because in an SMSF, you basically have two different concepts. And the first one is, on one side, you have the CIS regulations and the CIS Act, Section 52 of the CIS Act and Regulation 4.09 of the CIS regulations. And both of those basically stipulate the same thing. They say trustees of SMSFs must keep fund assets separate from personal assets. And you will probably say that this is not particularly news to you. It's blatantly obvious that one needs to keep fund assets and personal assets separate from each other because if we started combining them, then it would be a, a big mess and clearly wouldn't work. So that's probably not a completely new revelation to you. But on the other hand, remember that an SMSF is a trust and a trust is a relationship, nothing else. It's not a legal entity. It's only a relationship. And hence, the SMSF itself can never buy anything, can never hold any assets. It's always the trustee who holds the asset on behalf of the uh, SMSF. And so now maybe you start seeing the problem. On one hand, we need to keep fund assets separate from personal assets. But on the other hand, the trustee needs to own the fund assets because the SMSF can't. And so now we have these two different forces basically pulling the SMSF in opposite direction. And the acknowledgement of trust puts it together because the acknowledgement of trust basically says, yes, the trustee is the legal owner, but it holds the assets on behalf of the SMSF. And usually this happens automatically because usually the bank statement or the share certificate notes the trust relationship. And they usually do that through an acronym of three letters, ATF, as trustee for. So the um, bank statement usually notes that it is a superannuation account or it says ATF for the uh, trustee and the share certificate says the same. So in that case, you have no problem. You don't even need to worry about an acknowledgement of trust. It's already there. It's on the bank statement. But there are five possible issues where this is not as straightforward. And um, let's go through these one by one. The first issue is that you might have an asset that is noted in a registry that doesn't do trust relationships. So for example, a car register. I mean, it's, I haven't seen many cars in SMSFs, but just in theory, if the, if the SMSF held a car, it wouldn't be because, for example, because you have a business that runs through an SMSF. I know you're saying an SMSF can't hold a business. <laughs> I get your, I get your point. I know it's a contentious topic. 
Um, but let's just say we have a kind SMSF. The car registry doesn't do a trust relationship. It's just whoever is the owner is noted on the registry. So in that case, you would have the problem that the trust relationship is not noted on the registry. You would have the same problem with a Bitcoin register. Bitcoin registered to the, as far as I've seen, don't do trust relationships either. So in that case, you would have the legal owner being the trustee holding an asset on behalf of the SMSF, but that trust relationship is not noted. So that's the first possible issue you might, you can have with respect to complying with Section 52 of the CIS Act. The second issue you can have is that fund assets are placed overseas. And as you know, trust is a very Anglo-Saxon concept. It came from England. So Commonwealth countries usually use trust, but everybody else in the world kind of doesn't do trust, doesn't know about trust. So they don't do it. So if you have an asset listed based overseas, you, you won't get a certificate or anything that notes the trust relationship. So that's issue number two. The third issue is that land title offices in Australia out of principle, don't list the trust relationship. So they always just list the individual trustees or the corporate trustee, but they don't list an ATF. This is your third issue where the legal owner is the trustee and the trust relationship is not noted. So keeping personal assets and fund assets separate becomes difficult. And so how do we solve all those three problems that we would get with Section 52? And the answer is a declaration or an acknowledgement of trust. This part is a little bit boring, but I just want to give you a little bit of a feel of what an acknowledgement of trust would sound like. It basically just says this is an acknowledgement of trust by the trustees, be it the individual or the corporate trustee. And then it basically just says we have created this acknowledgement of trust to show that, yes, we are the legal owners of the asset, but we are holding this asset on behalf of the SMSF. The SMSF is the beneficial owner of this, this asset. And then, of course, it lists all the details of the asset. So we know exactly what asset this acknowledgement of trust is about. And then there are a few declarations, you know, that say, yes, we are the um, trustees. And yes, there's sufficient evidence that this is an investment of the fund. This document does not constitute a resettlement for stamp duty or capital gains tax. It's always important for the trust to stay well away from any actions that could be deemed to be a resettlement. And then, you know, final comment is that the trustee believes that this doc document demonstrates the ownership of the asset in the correct way, the beneficial ownership in the correct way. So this is basically what an acknowledgement of trust is. It's just a, it's a piece of paper with the trustee's signatures saying, yes, the SMSF has the beneficial ownership. So you probably wonder what's the difference between a declaration and an acknowledgement of trust. And the only difference is timing. A declaration of trust is for the organized among us who think ahead and do this before they buy the asset. And the acknowledgement of trust is for everybody else who doesn't think ahead and does this after the asset has already been bought. So you get a declaration of trust when the trustees are thinking of buying an asset. And so they already make this declaration so that the asset straight away has beneficial ownership in the SMSF. And the acknowledgement of trust happens when the 
as it has already been bought and afterwards do we say yes, but it's actually held on behalf of the SMSF. And you could also have this, for example, when trustees contribute a personal asset they held personally and they contribute it into the trust. With the first three problems we spoke about, an acknowledgement of trust signed by the trustees usually solves the problem. But there are two more problems and they are not as easily solved and there are dissenting views about it. So far, we assumed that the trust relationship is not recorded because the trustees can't record the trust relationship because either that particular register doesn't do trust relationships or because that country doesn't do trust relationships or because it's real property and land title offices in Australia don't do trust relationship. So in that case, there's nothing the trustee can do apart from doing an acknowledgement of trust. So that was the assumption for problem one, two, and three. But what happens if the trustee could have noted the trust relationship on the asset register, but didn't do that. So for example, let's say they had an old bank account they had for 30 years and they set up the SMSF and they just decided that that bank account is now the SMSF bank account, but they never told the bank, for example. What happens then? And the answer is, there's no clear answer. (laughs) There is no ruling from the ATO. There is no case law there is nothing. It basically comes down to whether the SMSF, your SMSF auditor will let this pass. They will probably note it and they will probably tell you to fix this fairly soon. They probably won't qualify their audit opinion unless you have a particularly tough SMSF auditor. But it's also possible that you know, practice, common practice changes regarding this. But so far, I've only seen the SMSF auditors flagging it as an issue and not qualifying the audit opinion about it as long as one attends to the issue and fixes fixes that. So that's that's the first one where the trust relationship is not noted just because one didn't bother, never got around to it, was always at the bottom of the to-do list. The last issue is tricky. It's a, a tricky set up to explain at least <laughs> at least to understand the way I explain it but it's also tricky in terms of that I can't give you a clear answer so let me explain you what the problem is and that is so far we always assumed that the owners of the asset are also the trustees if Bob and Sally own a shop that they are also the individual trustees of the SMSF or if Smith Propriety Limited owns the shop that they are also the corporate trustee. But what happens if that is not the case? And it actually happens more often than I first thought. What very often happens is that Bob and Sally buy the shop many years ago in the individual names and then they set up an SMSF and they contribute the shop into the SMSF as a commercial property. Later, they set up a corporate trustee because it got around that that's the right thing to do. Almost every new SMSF has a corporate trustee. Well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. Let's just say common practice is that an SMSF has a corporate trustee. So they set up a corporate trustee, but the shop is still in individual names. And so now you have the problem that yeah, the shop is in individual names, but the corporate trustee is a corporate trustee. It's a propriety limited. And so now you have the legal owners not being the trustee. The question is, how do we solve that? The underlying question is really, 
can a third party who is not a trustee hold property on behalf of the trust? That's really the question. I haven't got a clear answer from the specialists I spoke to. As far as I know, as far as they told me, there's no case law, there's no ruling from the ATO. My gut feeling is that only the trustee can hold assets on behalf of the fund or the trust, not somebody else. But the practical outcome is that so far we got away with it, that the auditors didn't like it, but they didn't qualify the audit opinion about it. And I tell you why it is an issue so often, because changing the name on the title frightens the solicitor who is asked to do this and also frightens the clients, because if this goes wrong and stamp duty becomes due on that title change, then this can be a huge mistake. You know, it can easily go into half a million dollars of stamp duty. So it is understandable that it really frightens everybody. As far as I understand, the change of the name on the title shouldn't attract stamp duty because the beneficial ownership doesn't change because the individual names are also the directors of the corporate trustees. So the beneficial ownership doesn't change. So on that basis, it shouldn't attract stamp duty and only incurs a fee of either $50 or $500, depending on a few legal details. But there just seems to be a lot of resistance in practice to changing the title. And so that means you're, you don't change the title and you're stuck with this problem that Bob and Sally own the asset but have a corporate trustee. I'm not sure whether a third party can hold an asset on behalf of on behalf of a trust. So I need to pass this one and just leave it for SMSF lawyers to sort out. It's a risky setup. A, your auditor might go on strike with this one, or B, it is possible that the ATO picks this up and fights it. And that would be a problem because then you end up with an SMSF asset that is not an SMSF asset. So that's the fifth issue. And I apologize that I only give you a very vague answer on this one. So in summary, in most cases, you don't need an acknowledgement of trust because the trust relationship is already noted on the bank statement or share certificate through the acronym ATF. In some cases, you can't list the trust relationship and then you get a declaration or an acknowledgement of trust. And that's usually the case with assets overseas or with real property so this was all about the declaration or acknowledgement of trust in an SMSF. I hope it made some sense. Thank you for listening. Bye for now and see you in the next episode.